Hello, listener. Tonight we have something special for you. A ghost story for Halloween. I know you've heard of the folklore of the Headless Horseman. That is what it is. A folklore. But have you ever heard of the Headless Carriage Driver of West Virginia Route 42? On my adventures, I've investigated many paranormal and spiritual occurrences. But West Virginia Route 42 was a special highway. And if you were lucky to be traveling down that highway on Halloween night with a full moon, which occurred every 18 years, everything turned deadly when you met the headless carriage driver. Since 1823, people have mysteriously lost their heads every 18 years on Halloween night. A century or so ago, a horse-drawn hearse was carrying the body of the mayor of the town who had been murdered. The driver, the local charlatan that had killed him. This local charlatan, a part of a local tribe of cultists, was parading around as a doctor with no knowledge of the human body. When Mayor William Billy Blight of a local town called Shearville had a sudden rupture of his appendix, they summoned the new local doctor, Dr. Thomas Gray, who was less than suited for the job. When arriving with his bag full of what everyone assumed was medical instruments, he asked for the mayor to be placed on the kitchen table and then promptly asked everyone to wait in the living room until he was through. Thomas knew that the dining room attached to the kitchen, which led to the back door of the mayor's manor. Mayor William Blight, a few weeks before this, had started a minor secret campaign to have Thomas run out of town on rails for a few not-so-mysterious deaths, and Thomas had been given privilege to this information by one of his occult brothers and acted quickly. They all gathered in a dark room with a table in the middle, and after cutting the head and legs off a crow and offering the eyes to an unholy specter named Benoit, the mayor became ill. Thomas walked into the room where the mayor was on the table thriving in pain, and with one not-so-gentle tap to the head with a wooden club, the mayor was snoring loudly. Thomas had only a few instruments in his medical bag, some rope, a few gags that were able to silence any screaming, and a very sharp scalpel. He tied the mayor to the table and placed one gag in his mouth to muffle his screams and another over his mouth to make sure the first gag stayed in place. He started right below the mayor's throat and with one quick cut he sliced through his flesh and meat all the way down to the mayor's abdomen. This cut made the mayor come too. He knew that he had a very short time left on this earth. With each cut, a new piece of skin, chunk of meat, or organ was removed from the mayor's body. He placed this on a piece of table unoccupied by the surgery in a circle. He connected the organs with lines drawn in blood, and in the center he wrote, Freedom from your lies. Also in a vial he had on him, he kept some blood and a few pieces of hair. Thomas Gray, no longer a doctor, escaped through the back door of the manor and fled the scene. Two hours later, after nothing was heard from the good doctor, the mayor's butler entered the room to find the mayor lying on the table, dead. His organs cut out and placed on the table, and there was no sign of the good doctor. The search began for Dr. Gray. A few days later, a funeral service was held for Mayor Light on Halloween Day. The town was in an uproar over the slaying, but everyone just assumed Dr. Gray was gone giving his two-hour head start he had. But, Mr. Gray, no longer Dr. Gray, was a very spiteful person. 
and what he had done, in his eyes, wasn't nearly enough. The horse-drawn hearse that day was driven by a man dressed in all black, wearing a hood and a black hat. When the casket was placed in the hearse and the door closed, the driver whipped the horses and the carriage took off like a bat out of hell. The plan was to steal the body and bring the mayor back as his undead servant. This way, even in death, he wouldn't be able to rest. The townspeople say that Mr. Gray was driving away in a hurry, something spooked the horses that pulled the hearse, and it flipped over, beheading and killing Mr. Gray. Uh, the tale is more complicated than that. You see, Mr. Gray was being chased, and a few miles down the road, in a barn, he had set up the ceremony to turn the good old mare into his undead servant. He arrived at the barn, pulled it to the back, the barn doors opened, and into the barn went the hearse and Mr. Gray. The followers helped pull the casket out of the back, took the body out of the casket, and placed in a spot in the barn that had been prepared for the ceremony. The body was placed on a pentagram that was drawn on the ground in the governor's blood, and the followers started to recite an incantation that would eventually bring back a mindless ghoul. Mr. Gray was so hell-bent on adding further insult to the mayor that he hadn't realized that he was being followed, and as the lynch mob circled the barn and called out to him, his followers became worried, and he decided to hightail it out the front. But none of them got away. Mr. Gray was just about to utter the last line of the incantation when a bullet entered his left arm. In a panic, knowing he was going to die in this barn, he jumped on the back of the hearse, went straight through the front, running over a couple members of the mob and his followers, killing them. One of the mob members, the local sheriff, yelled, would hate to miss out on a good hanging, and sent several people on horseback after him. Two men finally caught up to him and as Mr. Gray whipped the hearse to take out the horseback rider on the left, the horseback rider on the right grabbed a very sharp axe from his carrier he had placed on his horse, and with all of his might, flung the axe at Mr. Gray. The look on his face was priceless, as for a split second he realized how sharp the axe was, and then his head rolled clean off his shoulders. Since he had killed the mare, his body was thrown into a shallow grave with the axe that removed his head, but the head was put on display outside the town for everyone to see. Now, when Mr. Gray was shot in the barn, he managed to finish the incantation, and his blood mixed with the mayor's blood, and the ritual had latched onto both souls. The wrong ritual, I may add. This ritual would have brought just the mayor back as a ghost to kill anyone who traveled down Route 42 on Halloween night with a full moon overhead, but now, both Mr. Blight and Mr. Gray were trapped for all eternity. Eighteen years later, the man whom beheaded Mr. Gray, Billy Butcherson, and his cousin Ernest Woods were leaving the Halloween party at the local tavern in Shearville, and down the moonlit road they went. See, every eighteen years on Halloween, a full moon will appear, and on this route, that's bad news. Ernest in his memoirs states that they had traveled less than a mile down the road when they both heard the sound of horses neighing and hooves pounding hard on the ground. They turned to look and they were alone. A couple minutes passed, they both heard the sounds of wagon wheels scraping on the ground, dragging heavy. They both looked back and still nothing. They talked about it to each other and just assumed it was the alcohol they had both been drinking that was making them hallucinate. Several minutes had passed, and when Ernest was a few miles away from his residence, 
They heard the echoing of what seemed like ghostly howling and laughter, sinister laughter. They both turned and basked in the light of the full moon was a dark black funeral carriage. The lights on the side were glowing a dark and sinister green. The wheels looked to be on fire. The wagon was being pulled by two black horses with a sinister dark green glow and their eyes were white with fire coming from them. The driver had a dark red and orange glow around him and was without his head and beside him on the seat a glowing jack-o'-lantern. They stood still for a moment and as the funeral carriage driver laughed his sinister laugh, he whipped the hearse and the carriage with fire coming off the wheels came toward them. The men turned their horses and sped off down the road with the funeral carriage following in tow. Ernest in his memoirs states that like they were standing still and the carriage was going as fast as a witch on her broom. It easily caught up to them. He remembers looking in the back of the carriage and there was the ghost of Mayor Blanks screaming in pain and knocking on the glass windows in the carriage looking for help. Ernest then was able to get ahead of the carriage. He says that he turned on a dime to look back. The carriage had stopped and it was as if Billy was frozen in place. His horse was lifeless. He screamed for help but he couldn't. He couldn't move. He was paralyzed by fear. The carriage driver from his belt pulled out what looked like Billy's hatchet. But it was glowing and on fire and with one clean swipe Billy's head rolled off his shoulders and onto the ground. There was barely any blood. The blade had carterized the wound. The, the carriage driver had turned his attention to Ernest, grabbing the jack-o'-lantern from his seat and tossing it at him. It hit him in the forehead, knocking him off the horse and onto the ground. The next morning he awoke on the ground. He stood up and walked back to Billy's body. He could see the tracks from the carriage, bits of the jack-o'-lantern in Billy's body. Headless. I was intrigued by the story and also that this Halloween was another year a full moon would appear, and it was my time to hopefully free them both from their earthly bonds. Mainly because even in death, Mr. Gray was a horrible specter, and was actually able to kill the living and take Mayor Blight along with him, trapped in the back. After the sun goes down on October 31st when a full moon is above you, you must be traveling down West Virginia Route 42, and you may become the newest victim. I was on my way. I parked my car around the original place the body was taken and started walking. The sun was down and the moon was rising and I was ready for whatever was about to happen. My watch alerted me that it was around 9 p.m. and I was ready to do some ghost busting. I continued to walk down the road and as the wind howled, I could hear what sounded like the wind telling me to leave. I walked by an old pond and it sounded like the toads in the pond were saying my name. I startled a crow who sounded like he said, you'll die, you'll die. Along the road was a scarecrow in the field and the wind grabbed its hand and pointed down the road. The wind moved its head and it looked as if it was shaking its head no. And then the wind turned it and pointed it for me to go back, back where I came from. I stopped moving and realized that everything had gone silent. No wind blowing, no toads, no crows, no insects, nothing. It was quiet. All sounds instantly stopped. Everything became calm. The hair on my arms began to raise and a chill ran down and then back up my spine. This was the calm before the storm. I started to walk again. As I took a couple steps, I could hear what sounded like a horse neighing. 
hooves hitting the ground. In my head, I whispered to myself, this is the first sign. I kept walking, and a, and a few minutes later, I could hear the sound of carriage wheels scraping on the ground, dragging heavy. That's the second sign. I knew soon I would hear the echoing of what seemed like ghostly howling and laughter. Sinister laughter. I continued down the road, and behind me I could hear the third sign. I turned, and there was nothing. Nothing there. I turned to continue walking, and in the middle of the road in front of me was the funeral carriage with glowing lights, two very evil-looking horses, a headless carriage driver, and the jack-o'-lantern was sitting beside him. He didn't move. He sat still. He turned to Mayor Blight in the back, and with the horse whip, he smacked him and pointed toward me. Mayor Blight, in a very raspy, eerie ghost-esque voice, said, Who are you? What are you? You're different than the others. I let him know that I was someone who was there to set him free, free of his bonds to the headless carriage driver, Mr. Gray. The headless carriage driver smacked Mayor Blight again, who screamed in agony and yelled, Leave! Leave now or join us in damnation! To which I replied, I won't leave until you're free, Mayor Blight. This angered the headless carriage driver. He turned to me. He raised his horse whip in the air, and when he struck the horses, smoke erupted from their nostrils. They screamed and headed straight for me. Now, I've been doing this for a year now and have learned a few tricks here and there, thanks to visits from a very close ghost friend named Howard Jacobs. There is a way that you can shield yourself against the specter's attack. It will weaken you for a few seconds, but weirdly, eating chocolate right after will help lower the effects and allow you to gain your strength back more quickly. I had to show this headless carriage driver I wasn't just some normal victim. I had to show him that killing me was going to be more difficult. As the carriage approached at top speed, the block worked and the specter vanished. I grabbed a few bites of chocolate. I knew he wouldn't be gone long. The carriage reappeared, but it changed. The carriage was now cracked and had an orange tint to it with orange glowing lights on the side. The horses were blood covered with orange lights glowing from their eyes. Mayor Blank was stripped of his skin. The, the carriage driver was dressed in an orange suit with dark black armor and the jack-o'-lantern on the seat was alive. It had arms, a torso, and legs. Its eyes were glowing a bright yellow. The jack-o'-lantern called me by name. I replied, and to whom do I speak, since you know my name? He replied, I go by many names, but you can call me Sam. Sam? Sam? Sam Hain Sam. Before me stood the ghost of the harvest, the ghost of Halloween, Sam Hain. The jack-o'-lantern on the seat was the spirit he summoned by accident. Mr. Gray meant to summon Benoit to do his bidding that night and summon the most feared ghost on Halloween night. The moon was overhead. Folklore states that on Halloween night when the moon is full, you can summon the ghost of the harvest to do your bidding. Sam Hain was called that night. They were both trapped by the ghost of Halloween. Mr. Gray imprisoned himself accidentally. He had no idea what he was tampering with. The Black Arts are for masters, not some idiot in a barn. If I could set them free, that would rid them of their curses and stop this headless carriage driver from killing anyone else. 
you cannot destroy the ghost of Halloween. And in that regard, you cannot kill Halloween. This was about to become way more difficult. There are numerous types of ghosts in the spiritual realm. The worst types are the old specters. They can help or give a hand, manipulate and alter. They can destroy or build. They are a very rare classification. Some good, some evil, but the evil ones are powerful. Samhain or Solon is the ghost of the harvest. He can give you crops of plenty or cause a famine. He can manipulate the weather to his bidding, sun and rain for the crops to grow, or floods and freezing to kill them. He can also raise the dead to do his bidding. He can put souls in scarecrows and raise an army. The scarecrow on the road that pointed me away, that was probably Sam Hain. It was a warning that this headless carriage driver was protected, and I should have heeded that warning. It's once every 18 years. How much damage can he possibly do? As I stood there in utter fear and shock, I turned behind me as a car was driving up. It saw what was in the road and did a very sudden U-turn. But you can't escape this curse. I was forgotten about, and the carriage was on its way. I could see the car down the road do another quick U-turn, and it came speeding down the road, and as it passed me, everything slowed down. I could see the driver, a male with dark hair and glasses, and the passenger, another male with red hair and a mustache. They both turned and looked at me, and then suddenly a giant scythe, wielding flames, cut both of their heads off. The car flipped over off the road and into a pond. I looked at Sam Hain, the scythe-wielding jack-o'-lantern, and thought to myself, it's been a very interesting life. I started to run. I ran through a field and into an old barn just off the road. The carriage and Sam Hain appeared and raised his hand in the air, chanting, Come, my children, wake from your graves, move thy bones, and become mine slaves. I could hear thumping. I looked through one of the holes in the barn, and it was a group of scarecrows that had come to life and were heading my way. I looked around the barn and found some gas canisters. I grabbed a few pieces of wood, some old cloth, wrapped hay in them, attached them to the wooden boards, soaked them in gas, and then wondered how I could create fire so I could light them. I looked on a shelf that was in the barn and spotted some old lanterns. I also noticed some toolboxes. I was hoping that they kept matches or something to light those lanterns in them, and luck be with me, I found some matches. Scarecrows are cloth, wood, and hay, and I was about to burn them all. I opened the doors with one of my torches in hand, and I went running towards the scarecrows, screaming, calling my charge. Sam Hain raised his hand in the air, and it began to rain. It rained so hard, it put out my torch. My reaction was simple. I said, well, shit. The scarecrows gave off a ghostly howl. My only reply was, nope and I ran back into the barn with the scarecrows on my tail. I got the door shut, but not secure. I had maybe a minute or two to come up with an idea, and what entered my head was risky, but my only option. The rain was outside. It was dry inside. I was going to get the scarecrows inside and burn the barn down. I poured gas on the beams, the ground, anything I could splash with gas, I covered. I would have to lure them in, light a torch, throw it, and get the hell out of this barn. The scarecrows, with the help of the carriage driver and Sam Hain, broke through the door. 
they came running at me and I backed off, threw the torch on the gas, and ignited the barn. The scarecrows burned. The souls returned to their graves and it was back to me versus the headless carriage driver and Sam Hain. I started to think that something had to tie all of this together. A spell, an object, something. I then realized, the jack-o'-lantern. It had always been on that seat. It was a symbol of the harvest and they placed it there to keep away evil spirits. That is why the body was removed from the carriage. He couldn't remove the jack-o'-lantern. When he died, his blood would have hit the jack-o'-lantern and that bound Mr. Gray to Sam Hain. Poor Mayor Blight was already bound to Mr. Gray. That is why he always asks people before they die to help him. I snapped back to reality and realized the barn I just lit on fire was burning faster than I expected and I was about to be a permanent resident. I ran forward and as I did, a giant scythe swung at me, nearly taking off my head, cutting a small cut on my throat. I couldn't go forward. I had to turn around and get out another way. As I turned and ran, I felt a sharp pain in my shoulder. The headless carriage driver tossed his axe. He thankfully missed my head, but I had a flaming hot axe in my back now. The pain was excruciating. It cauterized the wound, but the fire was burning my skin. I had one option. I ran headfirst at a wall that was on fire and was weakened. My head was covered and I thought, let's just do it. I blasted through the wall, grabbed the fire axe out of my back, burning my hand and started to roll around on the ground because my hoodie was on fire. I stood up and started to run. And as I did, I looked back to see the carriage burst through the wall of the barn. That was all it needed to collapse. I then realized that if someone would see the fire, we would soon have emergency vehicles coming to put it out, and that would make them all pray for the headless carriage driver and Sam Hain. I had to act quick. I was going to use my power again. I would shield against the carriage, but both occupants of the carriage were going to use their weapons. I had to grab the sight. I had to use it to kill the jack-o'-lantern. I would have to take the impact of the axe, but had to move so it wasn't my head that was taken. I stood still concentrating. The carriage approached me fast. Time slowed down. I could see a few feet in front of me the smoke coming from the nostrils of the horses. It had an orange and red glow to it, almost like the horses were on fire inside. The carriage hit. I saw the scythe swinging at me. I dodged it and grabbed it from Sam Hain's hand. I looked at the carriage driver. His arm was back to throw the axe, and suddenly Mayor Blight broke the glass of the carriage and grabbed the axe. Here was my chance. I swung for the fences. <sighs> I woke up. I must have passed out. I looked up to see Sam Hain, Salwin, standing over me. I could see his true ghost form. He had an orange aura. His head was a jack-o'-lantern with a crooked smile. His arms were plant roots, intertwined with orangish-yellow flowers. His torso was dirt, packed together. I could see worms crawling in and out of the holes in his torso. His legs and his feet were also roots. His feet were flattened roots that looked like they were pulled from the ground and, and had dragon blood set them growing on them. He spoke, I've never been bested by a mortal. I am surprised and honored to have met you. I know our paths will eventually cross again, but the next time, as friends. He turned to walk away. 
He looked back at me, smiled, and pulled out his sight. He spoke. To be a true spirit hunter, you will need something to protect yourself with. He dropped the scythe to the ground. I hope it bids you well on your journeys. Sam Hain, Salad, walked toward the barn. He raised his right arm in the air, and it began to rain. The fire was extinguished, and as he raised his left arm in the air, the burning boards became as new. The barn rebuilt itself. He walked to the side of the barn, planted his feet in the ground, and as he did, a beautiful pumpkin patch was planted, with a giant jack-o'-lantern in the center. A piece of wood was grabbed, and in it was etched. This eternal burning jack-o'-lantern will always be a safe haven to guard you from the evil spirits that return every Halloween. The jack-o'-lantern winked at me, and then I heard a voice. It was Mayor Blight. He was free. He shook my hand, thanked me, and vanished. I never did see what happened to the headless carriage driver, Mr. Gray. My best guess is he vanished, but I guess we'll find out in 18 years. Remember, some may make Halloween out to be a spooky night of vandalism and demonic worshipping, but Halloween in our hearts is a night when we get to see a smile on every child's face as they say trick-or-treat and get some candy. Until next time, light your jack-o'-lanterns to ward off evil ghosts who may visit you on Halloween night.